What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hot flashes, irritability, intimate dryness, even unsatisfying sex. Hi, I'm Dr. Alyssa Dweck, a board-certified OBGYN who has spent over 20 years helping women just like you safely find relief from these very natural symptoms without having to resort to hormones. To help my patients feel their best, I recommend products from Bonafide Health. Bonafide is a women's health company dedicated to providing women with non-hormonal and clinically validated products that work. Bonafide provides safe and effective solutions to manage a range of menopausal, sexual health, and PMS-related symptoms. That's why I recommend Bonafide products to my patients every day. In fact, I am also a Bonafide medical advisor. What I like most is that Bonafide products provide women real relief without compromise. Ladies, don't waste another minute feeling less than your best. Go to HelloBonafide.com and use code RADIO39 to save 20%. That's HelloBonafide.com and code RADIO39. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Offer valid on subscription only. So the good news is that we should have a... (laughs) Yes, that's true, and we'll get to that. The other good news is that you've finally probably gotten to catch up on a lot of your Netflix queue, a, a lot of your uh, various things that you want to be watching uh, because you have been laid out thanks to not malpractice, but maybe a lack of information being handed to you before you agreed to get three shots at once. Right. When someone gives you three shots and each one of those shots has a potential side effect of giving you a fever of over 103 for uh, you know a couple of days, um, it'd be nice if they told you that. But, you know, you, you, you live and learn, and, and now I, I've uh, lived and learned. Um, you're actually wrong. I, I've done the complete opposite of catching up on my Netflix queue and, and all of that. And I don't know why, except yesterday I wasn't exactly a human being who could, like, follow television. That makes sense. So I felt, so I felt like watching something that I had already seen before. That way, if I fell asleep at any point, it's fine. So in the last two days, I've watched the first two seasons of Breaking Bad, which I don't think I've ever watched since I watched them live when they originally aired. Man, that's that's a really good show. Yeah, that's interesting. And of course, the first season a little bit shorter. So you could you could do that. First season was, I think I want to say 10 episodes, maybe even nine. Yeah, it was. was, Um, Yeah, something like that. It was less than 10 because, yeah, they got into their regular rhythm after that. But that first one was a little bit shorter. Yeah, it may have been eight or nine, um, but first season was great. And then, you know, once the second season starts, it's just on a whole other level. Uh, and and where I'm at right now is is we're kind of waiting for him to uh, meet the uh, the guy who owns the chicken place. That guy hasn't shown up yet, but he's like about to. Mm. So it's it's uh it's been an interesting waste of my time. Max Fring, right? Wasn't that his is that name? His name? I remember his last name was Fring. I yeah, get the I first name wrong. Max Fring. Probably wasn't Max Fring. I, yeah, I get. I add uh, into my brain machine like twenty three different names, <laughs> three times a week to remember. Ma- yeah, all- Max Fring is probably a hockey player for for Manitoba <laughs> or something. 
Ah, what was his name? Now it's going to kill me and it's going to ruin the start of this podcast. Uh, I'll think about that for a second, but why don't I just instead press this button? What do you think about that? Now you made me want to go back and watch Breaking Bad again. It's a great show. Everyone should go back and watch it. I assume it's Gus Fring. Gus, thank you. Max Gus. Gus. Or, or Gustavo. Gustavo. Gustavo Fring. You are absolutely right. Thanks for I, saving I just, the day. I just looked that up because I'm not in the podcast studio where there's no Wi-Fi, so I can just look stuff up. Yes, I am in the podcast studio. We have reversed roles for uh, this edition of Make the Padres Great Again because John is uh, laid out thanks to taking three shots at once. <laughs> and uh, being, saw, uh, as such, uh, waylaid and put into the bedside. But we must soldier on. We promised the people a Make the Padres Great Again this week. And by we God, did. we're going to do it, John. We're here. We're getting the dang thing done. We have to. We have to. It's, it's, our, it's, our, uh, it's our right and it's our duty. And, you know, less so with the Ross thing. Um, although obviously Ross and Amarisa are two guys we need to discuss, but because I spent the majority of last season railing on Derek Norris, uh, as soon as that news came out, my mentions on Twitter went crazy of people who couldn't wait to hear us talk about it on this year's podcast. And those are the first two things I wrote up on the handy dandy whiteboard, uh, for what we'll call our winter meetings. Uh, make the Padres Great Again podcast. I'm also, uh, I've got one of my Twitter windows open just set to keyword Padres, and I'm hitting furious uh, refresh because you just never know at the winter meetings whether or not this is going to be the hour uh, that something actually interesting is announced. So if that happens uh, during the course of recording, I will try and catch it. But all right, let's start with uh, the the man being traded that led you to text me in joy. And I was like, what are you talking about? And it was Derek Norris sent back to where he came from originally, the Washington Nationals. And getting back, hey, uh, a kid, 19 years old, A-ball pitcher, Pedro Avila, who knows if we'll ever say his name again, but Derek Norris is gone, and the position is Austin Hedges for 2017. Wait a minute. Derek Norris started with the Nationals? He did. He was uh, moved to the A's. I had no idea. I thought he came up with the A's. He No, he was traded from the Nationals to the A's, and I'm I almost want to say it was for Sammy Solis, the ex-USD pitcher, but I'm not 100 on that. Well, good for them. And you know what? Good for him because he went to a place with a significantly worse catching situation. Because after Wilson Ramos signed with Tampa Bay, they don't have a starting catcher. They now have, I think, three backup catchers if you want to include Derek Norris. So if 2015 Derek Norris wants to show up in Washington, he'll get that starting job and he'll get a chance to play some playoff games, and he'll get a chance to, you know, make an all-star team. But with the Padres, I mean, this I, I, I can't stress this enough, and I think I've said this before. This is Austin Hedges' team. This year, next year, for the foreseeable future, the same way Buster Posey is the leader of the Giants, Austin Hedges is now the leader of the Padres. And Derek Norris being around was only going to hurt that in several different ways. So 
I wish Derek Norris the best. I hope he grabs that starting catching role in Washington. I hope he's fantastic there. But this is Austin Hedges' team, and I'm so happy that now he gets to bump up, sit in that starter's chair, and not worry about his job. And it was a, of course, it was the right move to make. It was a move that in the end winds up being, you know, a buy mid range on Norris sell as low as you possibly can. So, uh, the Padres didn't, you know, wind up transactionally, uh, getting probably what they wanted out of the Derek Norris tenure in San Diego. It is another separation from the, the grand failed experiment of the 2015 Padres. We are tearing it apart as quickly as it was put together, and Norris was supposed to be one of those key core players. How many times did we hear that in 15? Well, it's not just for a one-year rental. We've got these guys who are going to be around for years and years. Well, Matt Kemp, Derek Norris, uh, buyer's remorse set in pretty quickly, and Norris is now a Washington National. And, hey, from Washington's standpoint, I think this is a good trade, uh, John, because if Norris does nothing, as you said, you're collecting some spare part backup catchers. It just means you're going to move to the next option. Uh, Pedro Avila isn't going to make or break either organization. But if he does bounce back to at least become what I think he really is in baseball, which is a platoon catcher, a guy that if you spot start him against left-handed pitching only uh, and and don't over, uh, overuse him and expose him, might still have a little bit of on-base value, a little bit of power uh, at the catching position. He's definitely improved as a receiver while he was in San Diego overall. So to me, it's a no-risk deal for the Nationals that could pay off, whereas for the Padres, it's just kind of clearing out the closet. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm actually, frankly, shocked that they got something back for him. I think it was Buster uh, only on uh, Darren Smith's show the other day that was talking about this and talking about you know them, them non-tendering Tyson Ross. And he said, look back at what the Houston Astros did, which is exactly what the Padres are trying to do. They're trying to copy what the Houston Astros did to build up their, their entire organization and fill it all with talent, right? And Buster only said where they are on the map that year, which I think for the Astros is now three years ago, uh, the Astros had one player on their opening day 25-man roster that made more than a million dollars. One. And so I think they had to look at players like Norris, like Ross, uh, like Amarista, and say there's absolutely no way that we can offer them arbitration of less than a million dollars and expect to win that. So we might as well just let them go because there's no point in us spending that kind of money on players this year uh, when our goal is not to win. And boy, is their goal not to win. I mean, yeah. we for a year were saying, I guess the Padres really should embrace the tank, but this is now, yeah, we're getting into like 76ers trust the process territory. I mean, this team is looking like it could be as bad as a team can be. I mean, obviously, you still have the good young outfield. You still have Will Myers. You still have some stuff on the infield. I think some of it's going away. We'll talk about that more as the podcast continues. But Andy Green talked about it today in a winter meetings interview that this rotation is as wide open as anyone has ever seen. And what that translates into, John, is there's nobody there. There's no rotation. Right. Yeah, there's there's none whatsoever. Um, so here's my question to you. Um, the Astros 
had in building what they have now, which we can all agree, even if they maybe underperformed expectations this year, they have a very talented baseball team with a lot of young guys that are signed for a long time. They lost more than 100 games three years in a row to build this. The Padres haven't lost 100 games yet, have they? No. No. The last time they lost 100 games had to be like 15, 20 years. No, for longer than that. Yes. I'm even trying the, to remember because um, even in, in their darkest days, like in the late two or early 2000s, they lost 98 games. Right. Uh, I think they lost 99 or 98 games in 08. Right. They haven't lost so, 100. In, I, I'm trying to think. It might be 93. The last time they lost 100 games. I'm looking this up. So the last time they lost, uh, there you go. They lost 101 in 1993. Um, The last time they lost more than 90 was 2011. Um, But, I mean, really, setting themselves on this path of we're going to lose as much as possible in order to build our franchise up and follow the blueprint uh, put out there by the Astros, the blueprint put out there by the Cubs, And let's be honest here, the blueprint put out there by the Kansas City Royals, although accidentally, because they were just so bad for so long that it just kind of happened to them. Um, The Cubs lost 91 games, 101 games, 96 games, and then 89 games before they got good. Like I said, the Astros lost 106, 107, 111, and 92. The Padres, this is real, this last season, the 2016 season was the first year that they kind of went into, okay, screw it, we're going to tank. And they lost 94 games. What I'm saying is their goal this year is probably to lose 100 games. And I, I don't know that they can do it, but they're sure as hell going to try. I think and they can do it. <laughs> and there's a lot of evidence that says that's the right thing for them to be doing. So every time the Padres lose this year, the Padres fans should be amped. Because the closer they get to 100 losses, the better the future is going to be for this team. I mean, kind of. It's not like when you lose the 100th game, they give you a magic ticket, like in a video game or something, where you get Mike Trout. You know, it's, it's... No, I, I, I understand. And, and this is the theory, and this is kind of uh, one of the things that people don't understand about, about tanking, and, and specifically with the 76ers in, in the NBA, right? You don't tank for one year get a top three pick, and then try and build a good team the next year. Because the chances of that top three pick turning into the superstar that you need him to be to build around are minuscule. Those chances are probably 10%. And so what you do is you go three, four, five years where you have a top three, top four pick in the draft, knowing that now you've doubled, tripled, quadrupled your odds now you have a 50% chance of drafting a Bryce Harper or, I don't know, name another, uh, a Mike Trout, although I don't think he was a pick that high. He was in the um, 20s. Strasburg, sure, Chipper Jones. I mean, if we want to talk about great players, right? Yeah, uh, you give yourself four or five opportunities to take you know, potential superstars in the draft, hoping that one or two of them work out. A, a Chris Bryant, um, I, I've already forgotten who the hell's on that, that Cubs team that they've actually drafted because they didn't draft Rizzo. Uh, some of those guys are international guys. Right. And they just traded one of them, Jorge Soler, uh, to get Wade Davis today. 
from the Kansas City Royals. Well, there's a lot of development that's still coming through that system, but what they were able to do was start to get better. Bryant is uh, Bryant, and then the trade for Rizzo. Obviously, those are the young guys that that power things on the infield. Javi Baez, the trade for Addison Russell. So, uh, you know, hey, the point you're making here, John, as we use and hold up the Cubs, it was good trades that got them yeah. got them going quicker. But you do trade from you know the assets that you have, which bends me back to Tyson Ross. Okay, uh, report right now. Again, we're recording here uh, on Wednesday, December seventh, and we're doing so midday. And I'm I'm seeing tweets from the winter meeting as we continue. And a Dallas Morning News report says that Tyson Ross's agent is out there asking teams, including the Rangers, who are interested, for a contract in the nine to eleven million dollar range. Uh, mm. That's to sign Tyson Ross to come maybe pitch for them, maybe not pitch for them, depending on how thoracic outlet syndrome uh, plays out for this particular right-hander. In other words, the price tag for Tyson Ross doesn't look like it's even diminished at all uh, on the free agent market. The fact that he can't pitch, <laughs> the fact that he literally right. physically cannot pitch is not an issue for this guy to command the same salary that he had last year to pitch five innings on opening day. And that is it. Uh, and, and with that, it makes me wonder, while I understand they're setting up for a, a terrible, terrible season, you know, that is how the Cubs got better is they moved a Jeff Samarja uh, you know, and, and were able to go get a, an Addison Russell. You know, they, they took Jason Hamill, who they picked off the scrap heap, along with Samarja, and packaged them for Addison Russell. And then Addison Russell's hitting grand slams in the playoffs. Uh, what, did they miss an opportunity here with Ross? Or maybe do the Padres know what the teams that are knocking on his door will later find out, which is that what they're about to get isn't going to be anything like the 2015 Ross. I mean, that's probably the likeliest scenario, that they looked at his medicals and they said, he's never going to figure it out. He's never going to be healthy enough to get a chance to figure it out. Um, you know, removing a rib isn't going to fix this guy. That's the likeliest scenario, but you also have to weigh and balance how much are we paying this guy and how much do we think we can get back for him? You know, if one of these teams wants to sign Tyson Ross, I don't think they're signing him to a one-year deal. I think they're signing him to a three- or four-year deal and with maybe a chance to get out after one because they know that the effectiveness he can have this season is probably minimal, this upcoming season. And for the Padres, the only season they care about for Tyson Ross is this upcoming season, the last season in which he's arbitration eligible. And, you know, obviously he's going to sign somewhere else after this. And the, the last season that they would then be able to trade him anywhere. So they probably looked at it and said, we're not willing to go into arbitration where, yeah, he's probably going to get eight, nine, ten million dollars. And we're paying him that with no idea that he's even going to be able to pitch this season. I'm just thinking about this through it. Was it a little surprising to you, at least when you heard that news that that they were just going to let him go? Yes. Um, and here's why. And you factored into my thought process here, because I think the last time we recorded this podcast, you said you said to me, 
somewhat disbelieving, you said, are they really going to buy into the tank? Are they really going to? Or are they going to hedge their bets a little bit and, you know, go try and sign a, a, a decent pitcher and go try and, you know, trade for someone? And I was like, I think they're going full tank. And this, to me, was a clear sign that, at least for this upcoming season, they are going full tank. But it, it also was just smart business. Because, like I said, you have one year of control left in Tyson Ross. There's no guarantees he's going to be able to pitch. I, I mean, let's, let's forget whether or not he can pitch this season. There's no guarantee he's going to be able to pitch before the trading deadline at the end of July. So what would be the point of paying him that money? Yeah, I mean, factually, just to you know, put a point on it, 2018 when he was going to become a free agent, but still, uh, it's a, it's a major asset you let walk out the door. A starting pitching asset like that, which injured can command ten, eleven million dollars. That's a major asset in the market. That's the reason why I was like, hmm, because to me, I'd rather convert my assets into future value than just let them walk out the door. But I agree as a signal. Oh, it was a ringing bell. <laughs> Well, so here we are going to suck. I guess this is my question is, and, and, um, Bill Center made this very obvious when he was on with me and Ben when we filled in for Darren Smith. He said, look, you can trade a guy who's up for arbitration. You don't, you don't have to go through the arbitration process with him and then trade him. You can trade him and let someone else deal with the arbitration process, which is exactly what the Padres did. They traded Derek Norris before they had to decide whether or not to offer him arbitration. I hope if, and, and look, Tyson Ross's agent might be nuts. He might be saying, I want eight, nine, ten million dollars. And everyone's going, there's no way. In which case he can say all the numbers in the world and it doesn't matter. But I hope before the Padres non-tendered Ross, they made a couple of calls around the league to teams and said, would you be interested in giving us some 19 year old single ball pitcher? Right. For, for the rights to Tyson Ross. I I would like to think that as well, but of course well, we'll never if, know. If they did it, if they did it with Norris, why wouldn't they have done it with Ross? Right. Unless the Nationals were the one who called about Norris, and no one called about Ross. But if no one's calling about Ross, then no one would be signing Ross either, right? In, in theory, I mean, I think honestly, here's what I think is going to happen with Tyson Ross is because this is the new like stylish in thing. I think Ross is going to have to come all the way back, and I think he's going to have like an audition. Where, you know, hey, come, uh, come out to my tryout where I pitch to a bunch of former major leaguers and, you know, I'll, I'll prove to you that I'm healthy. It's, I, it could happen that way. Tyson is young enough with a good enough record, unlike a guy like, you know, like Lincecum who had the major hip surgery. Uh, this thoracic outlet syndrome, we talked about it before. It doesn't have a great track record, uh, for starting pitchers coming back, but, I could also just as easily see one team say, you know what, instead of an open tryout, I want to get him in and have my doctors take care of him. Uh, I think Ross gets signed. I think he gets signed to a, a contender, uh, and I think they sign him as a contingency plan. As a, In other words, they sign someone else with him. They don't sign him counting on him. Uh, and, and that's it for Tyson Ross and the Padres. The Padres, by the way, made all these lovely mouth noises of, oh, well, we'd like to have Tyson back at a lower number. Yeah, right. He's out the door. He gone. Uh, don't worry. Don't worry about that. Uh, also, by the way, uh, let's pour one out here on Make the Padres Great Again for Alexi Amarista, the longest tenured Padre, the little ninja. 
he too was shown the door, the 1.3 million deal. <laughs> they didn't want to face him in arbitration. Amarista is out of here. Would you have wanted to pay Alexi Amarista a million dollars? To pitch? I don't know. No, we've already got <laughs> Bethancourt. I think we're good. <laughs> Would you want to pay him that money to do anything? Um, <laughs> Dance for you? <laughs> My mind is trying to stretch to fit the possibilities. <laughs> I'm trying to think in 3D. Perhaps there's something I'd like to play Alexi Amarista a million three for. I cannot think of it yet. Maybe some like dangerous heist or something. <laughs> He's your getaway driver. Right? To be the guy who hides inside the safe for the Ocean's Eleven stunt. Oh, yeah, because he's tiny. Exactly. Can he be an acrobat like that guy, too? If so, I think I've got a job for him. Um, he's a little ninja. And two pitchers who could have been part of the terrible uh, pitching staff next year, Eric Johnson and John Edwards, also gone. Hector Sanchez, gone. The guy you wanted the most off the board but you've got to be encouraged john Gennaro, that even though fernando rodney el fleche is going to be firing the arrows at the padres instead of for them because he signed with the arizona diamondbacks you got to be happy that the padres according to the reports on that deal were making a call they were one of the last two teams on the fernando rodney train so your words did not go on deaf ears john they tried they just failed to bring back rodney yeah, yeah, and I, I was happy to see that. I was happy to see that they tried. And look, I don't blame Fernando Rodney for saying, you know, I want to go to a team that has a, a chance of winning. I want to go close games for Zach Greinke. I don't want to lose 102 games for the Padres. And so he'll go lose 94 for the Diamondbacks instead. Uh, the latest reliever that the Padres have been linked to in hot stove winter meeting rumors would be the same kind of guy in a way, kind of in a way, John, and that's Neftali Feliz, who was once a big-time closer in Texas and then got hurt and then has been kind of a middle-e reliever, and he sounds like a closer on a bad team. Yeah, I actually hadn't heard his name in a few years, so which was probably true about Fernando Rodney before they signed him last year. The next rumored name, I wrote it on the whiteboard, and then I wrote next to it, God help us. Eric Ibar. Well, they need a shortstop. Eric Ibar do, does play the position. Do they need a shortstop? Technically, no. You can play the game and put your fielders wherever you want. Right. You could put eight guys in the outfield if you wanted. So you right. don't have to have a shortstop, but it does seem to be an important position on the field. Well, and forgive me because I'm not remembering the guy's name, but who's the guy they traded for last year or signed off waivers? Oh, the sardine can. Luis Sardinius. Sardinius, yeah. Why, why not just go with Sardinius as your shortstop? Well, I'll tell you this. He'd certainly be better than Eric Ibar. Eric Ibar is pretty much as bad a player as there is in baseball. Is well, and, and here's, here's your, for me, this is the answer to every free agent question. Would he cost more than a million dollars? I think the answer with Eric Ibar is yes. At the age of 32, guaranteed, yeah. Yeah, so no, no, I'm done, no. Yeah, I don't want Eric. I don't ever want Eric Ibar. But the one thing you know, if Eric Ibar's on your team, you're not a good team. So it is part of the tank process to sign really bad players and give them right. lots and lots of at-bats, guaranteeing right. that you don't win. Right, but what you don't do is 
sign bad players and pay them a lot of money. Well, now, they do have to pay somebody. The Padres are not allowed by the rules to go in next year with a $10 million payroll. I mean, they've got to throw some money at somebody. They might throw money at Eric Ibar just to maintain the salary floor. Did they uh, did they sign Will Myers to anything? Let me look up Will Myers' contract status. Okay. I'm not 100 on that. I don't. Did they give him a contract extension during the season? I don't think so. I don't think so either. So no, I'm, I'm pretty sure they. Myers. I'm pretty sure they. Yeah, no. 2017 contract status. First year arbitration eligible. Free agent 2020. There you go. So, okay, so you could do that. Yeah, so, give Will Myers so money. If, if, if you really want to follow the Astros blueprint, you sign Will Myers, you buy out his arbitration and add two to three years on the end of it. You sign Austin Hedges to like an eight-year deal. You sign Hunter Renfro so, right now, even though you're like, you don't know what he is. <laughs> you give him the right, George right. Springer deal. No, this, this is what the Astros did. If you go and look at like George Springer's contract, like the day he came up in Major League Baseball, they signed him to like an eight eight year deal, like two million dollars a year. They also signed and John Singleton to a deal like that, and Singleton can't sniff the big leagues right now. But you don't hit on everything, is the point, right? And and you know when you're signing guys to deals where it's like, hey, you're guaranteed to get twenty million dollars over the next ten years, no matter whether or not you're actually good, and the player's like, sure, I'll sign that. And if he hits and he's good, you've gotten the steal of a lifetime. Like, it should almost be criminal, but you're risking $20 million. They tried this with Corey Lupke. Didn't really work. They tried this with Nick Hunley. Didn't really work. Jed Jerko. They tried it with Cameron Maven. Uh, Cameron Maven, Jed Jerko. None of them have really worked out, but I don't think any of those guys compared to some of the guys that are on this team. Yeah. Maven. Maven does. But the other one's not so much. Right. And, you know, obviously the only guys you really have to sign are the guys you just mentioned. Hedges, Myers, the the outfielders. It's just hard to even think that any of those guys are worth a contract extension right now when you can have them on the cheap. Uh, so you may wind up, seriously, throwing money at dog, you know, free agents, 32-year-old shortstops who can't hit, like Eric Ibar, and and you wind up justifying your $40 million payroll. Uh, well, it would have it made a lot of sense to sign Fernando Rodney to like a three, four, five, six million dollar deal. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, especially when he signed for 275 with uh, the Diamondbacks. Yeah, <laughs> Can we find an extra quarter million in there? Or is this is this going to be the year 
where every time someone brings up Padres payroll, everyone who is paid by the Padres is going to bring up the internationals. Hot flashes, irritability, intimate dryness, even unsatisfying sex. Hi, I'm Dr. Alyssa Dweck, a board-certified OBGYN who has spent over 20 years helping women just like you safely find relief from these very natural symptoms without having to resort to hormones. To help my patients feel their best, I recommend products from Bonafide Health. Bonafide is a women's health company dedicated to providing women with non-hormonal and clinically validated products that work. Bonafide provides safe and effective solutions to manage a range of menopausal, sexual health, and PMS-related symptoms. That's why I recommend Bonafide products to my patients every day. In fact, I am also a Bonafide medical advisor. What I like most is that Bonafide products provide women real relief without compromise. Ladies, don't waste another minute feeling less than your best. Go to HelloBonafide.com and use code RADIO39 to save 20%. That's HelloBonafide.com and code RADIO39. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Offer valid on subscription only. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates Price and Coverage Match Limited by State Law. Signings from last year. And the $60 million commitment and say, look at the money we spend in the international market. We're not spending it on this team. So is the, so the floor that they have to hit is 40 million. Is that what you're telling me? No, it's not a hard, it's it's not hard, but they have to spend a certain amount of like their sharing and all of that stuff and their participants in that. They've got all that TV money. Some of the, they have to, uh, I can try and find something. Specific right to this, now, but, but right now, I don't think it's like you must is, spend $33 million. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't right, think there's a hard right, floor. Right now, their, their total salary is actually $37 million. And here's how they get around that. Here's why they're not going to sign any of these, these guys with, with big money. They're still paying Melvin Upton, James Shields, Matt Kemp, Hector Oliveira, Jed Jerko, and Alexi Ramirez. They're still paying those guys. Yeah, there is no set salary floor uh, as I Google as I Google it. But you've got it. There's incentives to spend a certain amount of your of your revenue sharing, et cetera, et cetera. Or else you wind up not participating in it. Um, we don't need to get lost in the weeds. This isn't make the right. Padres in the weeds again. This is make right. the Padres great again. And as we know, all make the something great again theories are not necessarily fact dependent so uh we will uh we'll just move off of that and on to some of the rumors some of the rumors that were floating around here john well one of them got me really nervous for a minute which is that the rangers were sniffing around travis jankowski you can't have my freddie J. travis jankowski must stay here yeah i mean hey look uh you saw ian desmond sign with the Rockies, right yes we'll talk about that that's on the list yeah, so that, that means that the Rangers are looking for a center fielder. And I actually think um, the Cubs got a little bit of a steal in signing John Jay, because I think if John Jay was available right now, there'd be a few teams like the Rangers bidding for him that weren't bidding for him last week. But, you know, you probably want to go play for a good team, and who can blame him? Rangers going to go sign Dexter Fowler? I'd imagine he'd be the the hot guy. They might. They certainly might. 
Um, I find it hard to believe that the Cubs would let Dexter Fowler walk away, but they signed John Jay. There's no other room in the outfield. There's no well, room. They just moved Solaire. I mean, their outfield is stacked. Yeah, I mean, if you consider Hayward a starter, which <laughs> for the money I mean, you can't you can't pay a guy twenty seven million to sit on the bench. Well, the Padres can't. The Cubs certainly can't. Um, it worked out fine for them. They won a World Series doing it. I <laughs> Hayward batted in that last game, and he called the team meeting <laughs> that saved the franchise that that is going to be immortalized in the history of Cubs lore. I like where the Padres are from a leverage standpoint. They're not. They they, they have nothing really to gain from making a trade now. And if the Rangers are coming around asking for Travis Jankowski, you know, the the Padres and A.J. Preller can sit there and they can ask for the world in return. And if the Rangers go, uh, it's too much, well, okay, you still got to keep Travis Jankowski, a young player who looks like he's going to get better. If the Rangers say yes, then you feel like you've improved upon your organization. So because they're not trying to win right now and because the Major League team has talented young players on it they're in a really nice leverage spot we keep always imag- uh, imagining all these trades that aj preller is going to make with the rangers he just hasn't really made them no he hasn't although the jankowski one would make some sense because it would open up center field for margot yes i just like jankowski i think he fits the park i think he's a player that's that's a little bit underrated right now uh, oh sure and he, and he looks like steve finley the other uh, interesting rumor, which I think makes a lot more sense and I'd like to kick around, is that the Angels are sniffing through the Padres infielder store looking for a left-handed batting infielder. And, of course, Jan Hervis Solarte uh, stands at the top of that list. They've also got guys like Spangy or Swahe that the Angels might be asking about. Uh, but Solarte is the one that you'd want to push over to them. And the Angels have like a dozen starting pitchers on their 40-man. So this is obvious. You go get a young starter for Jan Harvis Solarte. Do the Padres want a starter that is currently on a 40-man roster is my question. Are they just going to become the Sonoma Stompers? (laughs) Like if you throw 90 and above, you're not eligible here? (laughs) We're just going to get the biggest trash possible? I feel like A.J. Preller, if he's trading away his players, doesn't want anyone who can legally drink. Like, he just wants 19-year-olds and 20-year-olds that he can mold into something four years from now. But he's got no interest adding a young starter who can come and play on the Major League team now because you're just burning a year of service time. Um, yeah, I heard the Angels were sniffing around Solarte. It was another team, too, and I wish I remembered who it was. There was another team that was also asking about Solarte. Uh, I don't think there's any chance in the world Solarte doesn't get traded this offseason. Me too. I mean, he's too good, right? He'd add a couple wins to the ledger if he was here. Well, he he's good, and also Spangenberg has been good in limited time, and Schimpf was really good in his time, you know, as a regular starter. So at some point, like, yes, if this was the Cubs, you go, oh, we'll just, like, take all three of them, and we'll, you know, switch them around depending on the matchup and utilize all of them, but... The Padres aren't trying to win games. So it's like, how do we use this situation to best improve our organization? We trade away the one that's most tradable. We don't know what these teams are thinking about these players, but 
boy, it'd be nice if you were being cunning, it would be nice to trade Ryan Schimpf. Right? Just because I feel like there's the guy who might we by June of next year, we may not have Ryan Schimpf anymore. You know, I mean, if he comes out and he has a bad spring training and he starts off four for 48, that might be it. Uh, well, and I, th- I think that's why he has no value on the trade market. Like, probably. And and Solarte was in a similar position last offseason. And I remember saying, oh, maybe they trade Solarte this offseason and go get, like, you know, a, a power-hitting third baseman or whatever. And everyone's like, oh, you know, he's really only had, like, one good solid starting year. Uh, no one's going to trust him. And Schimpf's got less than that. He's got, like, half a year. So no one trusts Schimpf. Uh, the situation that the Padres are in allows them to test out Shim and see if he's actually any good. And if he's not, whatever, he helps with the tank. If he is, if he is, great, another trade ship. So the things that we had on the board before the winter meetings got started, before Ross got non-tendered, uh, way down the list here, obviously. Uh, so I'm glad we didn't do the podcast last week. But uh, new CBA in place. And... Here's what I wanted to bring up about this, John, not getting it again into the weeds of the particulars, except for this. The Players Association agreed for the first time to a hard cap, not on their own salaries, of course, on the salaries of people that they don't represent. And that would be the Adrian Mortejones of the world and Jorge Oñas of the world. The players, the international, who, players. The international players who made bank uh, at the international signing deadline. Teams that went hog wild spending no longer get to go hog wild spending over a soft cap. Now it's a hard cap. And uh, the Padres were awarded a uh, grade B compensation pick here during the winter meetings. They'll have that pick. It also assigns their slot for next year. So uh, when the next round of international signings comes in July, John, the Padres will have specifically $5.75 million to use for the entire year or less than they gave to like three different guys last season. Right. Yeah. You know, there, it, it, I, I went to Padres.com this morning and I saw the way it was put on their site, which made a lot of sense for them to write it this way, but it was like Padres take advantage of last, yes. you know, of, of last pre new CBA year mm-hmm. with, by, by spending a billion dollars on, on international free agents. That's true. I don't think they planned it that way. I don't think they knew this was coming. Maybe they did. I I remember hearing Seidler in one of those interviews talk about, well, the rules could change. You know, I I wouldn't be surprised from an ownership level if they had a very strong idea during the season of where the new CBA was headed. Or maybe they they just said, hey, this could change. Let's take advantage now. Right. like we no, know it we know it was, something's it was, gonna happen, right? We know there's gonna be a new CBA. This is one of the things that could change. So why don't we take advantage and blow out the rules this year? And the best part about blowing out the rules in the last year of a deal is that they wrote new rules, so the Padres aren't gonna be paying the penalty that they would have these next two years. Instead, they're gonna have five point seven five million. Remember, they were supposed to have like three hundred thousand. The next two oh, years yeah. because yeah. Uh, of the fact that they spent so far over their cap. Well, that's out the door. Now they get, you know, five, five and three quarter million dollars, uh, to use next season. So I, I really, yeah, that's not only is that the way that the Padres website wrote it, that's the way I'd write it down. I think this is arguably the single smartest strategic thing the Padres have done in a long time, at least in hindsight. And perhaps we should give them that credit. Uh, for their foresight is that they 
went out and blew out the budget the last year they possibly could. And you don't get a Morajon next year with an Onya in the same class. That never happens again unless these guys are agreeing to pennies on the dollar. I guess they, those guys really get the most screwed of anybody. Um, in, in the long run, you know, a guy like Morahone's like, thank God I didn't come out next year. I would have right. lost $30 million in the deal, uh, right. or more. So, you know, bummer for them. Obviously, that's unfair. That's terrible, but they don't get the right to strike. So what are they going to do? Uh, but the Padres did something really smart. And I think this accelerates their timetable compared to where they would have been if they, if imagine if they sat in their hands and then the doors locked. They're like, well, next year we're going to go spend a lot of money. No, you're not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, someone was paying attention, right? Someone was paying attention to the potential rule changes and decided we we might as well go for it because who knows what's going to happen. And it was smart. Did the Padres spend more than anybody else on the international free agents? Yes, this year. Yes. Okay, I wasn't sure. If, I, I knew they were like in the top three, but I wasn't sure if they were top. I mean, I'm pretty darn sure that they were, but I'm again, we're in, we're in a fact zone here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. no. It's, let's, let's assume that they did. In which case, yeah, I mean, whether or not they, they knew what was coming for sure, they, they definitely took advantage of the system. I don't know how much it accelerates their, uh, you know, be, becoming a good team, but it, it certainly works to fill the lower minor league levels with talent in a way that the, the draft wasn't going to be able to. So I'm I'm really excited about that. You know, I mean, again, it's it's sort of a weird thing to be excited about because what you're really, you know, you're saying, hey, you know, they don't get to do this anymore, but at least they did it. And now if that pays off, you got to hope they they spent the money on the right guys. Otherwise, it'll be a lament three years ago or three years from now when we're doing make the Padres great again someday, please, uh, you know, that that they didn't spend right, but I got to applaud them for the effort. And now uh, we get to the last thing on the board, and this might become a recurring theme as we sink into terrible, terrible, terrible territory with the Padres, a team that we're, we're really looking at building itself to lose triple digit games next year. But John, all the way through, throughout the losing, we should be able to at least hold up our hand and hold up our heads high and say, at least we're not, Someone else, right? And today, oh, okay. today on the now first edition on Make the Padres Great Again of at least we're not the Rockies. At least we're not the Rockies, John. Spending okay. five years, $70 million to take Ian Desmond, a player who was an erratic, powerful shortstop in Washington, who had a terrible year and couldn't get the deal he wanted, signed a one-year deal to play center field for the Rangers, did a good job overall. He did tail off enough at the end that his OPS Plus was basically average. He was a 101 OPS Plus By at the, the way, end I of the year. By the way, I do want to point out, he signed, he signed that deal to play left field and moved into center moved when into center, center fielder field. got injured, and then it turned out he was a better center fielder than he was a left fielder. Well... The Rockies apparently thought, you know what? It's neat that we've got a guy who at one point has played the two toughest positions on the field, center field and shortstop, over the last two years. We're going to sign him, though, to be a first baseman. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Because... Oh my God, did they really? Huh. Yeah. They signed him to be a first baseman, John. No, they announced they didn't. it. Did... Yes, they did. I didn't. I they, they signed, signed him, him. to be a fucking first baseman. They took oh, their their goodness. nice little sports car and they parked it at the corner <laughs> and decided this is where we're going to find our value in Ian Desmond over the next five years. That is absurd. Yes, it is. It's absurd. Okay. okay well, if I'm doing the at least we're not. Um, I will say at least we're not the Washington Nationals for a couple of reasons. Number one, the Nationals are in exactly the opposite situation of the Padres, where every move they make is 100% crucial because the, the difference between them and a team that can make the World Series is very, very small. So if they screw up in even a little way, it takes them out of the World Series if they can you know, be successful in a little way, it probably puts them in the World Series. Uh, and they are going to be relying probably heavily on Derek Norris. And on top of that, their biggest weakness is that they have no bullpen. They have no closer. And to this point, they've tried to uh, sign pretty much every closer on the market, and all of them have turned them down. Um, I know Chapman is still out there. He still exists. So they could still get him potentially, but I think he's going back to the Yankees. And I think Nationals are going to start this season a little worse off than last year. And with the big story hanging over the team, that the best player in Washington Nationals franchise history is probably leaving in a couple of years because he wants $400 million and the learners won't pay it to him. And by the way, the owners of the Washington Nationals are the richest owners in baseball, which is crazy to think about because we think that the owners of the Dodgers have infinite amounts of money. The owners of the Nationals have even more money, and even they are unwilling to pay Bryce Harper the money he's asking for. And that's considering that's kind of- that, yeah, and Jason Worth's ridiculous contract should be off the books by then. Uh, right. That, that is – that's interesting to note. Nationals are a strange case. And, and here's my fear for, for Washington fans is that because they've missed out so far on their targets uh, and, you know, they didn't give away Davis. As you mentioned, they've been bidding. They didn't keep Melanson. Melanson's gone to San Francisco. I think that's a nice signing for the Giants uh, overall. Uh you know, they may wind up the, the deal. I'm sure you've heard they didn't get Chris Sale, who I'm going to bring up in a second. So who they desperately want it. Right. So now I'm wondering if they wind up turning back to Pittsburgh and trying to make this trade for Andrew McCutcheon. And to me, it's the trade that makes all the sense in the world for the for only one team, the Pirates, because McCutcheon coming off the year he just came off of. I mean, you are taking a bet. If you are if you are acquiring Andrew McCutcheon, that he is he has not become this player that's that gets on base at three hundred and slugs at four hundred instead of getting on base at four hundred and slugging at five hundred. Uh, right. You know, if he stays on this, I mean, he's not even a good player 
at that level, it playing center field aging, he's now a, a player that hurts you. And, and, well, and, and I, I believe he's got a big contract type yeah, as well. Right. Right. For the next couple, three years. So it, it's, that's the type of thing that a team that struck out on their initial foray, but they said, we got to do something, right? That's when they make the big, big mistake that really puts them behind and allows us sitting in the cellar to snark out of the corner and go, at least we're not the Nationals. At least we're not the Rockies. And hey, uh, just a couple quick takes. What did you think about that Boston trade, the Red Sox-White Sox trade for Chris Sale to the Bo Sox? I have a thought about it. I'm curious about yours. Um, I think, okay, so the story after the World Series was that the Cubs were so spectacularly set up that they are going to be the number one team probably in terms of win and definitely in terms of like World Series predictions at the beginning of the season for probably the next five to six years, right? And what that shows me is that not only did the Cubs build a great team, they built a great system. And they kept it in place, and they never sacrificed it. And because of that, there's just depth upon depth upon depth upon depth. And the players they have are young and sort of underpaid. And that is, I think, the new way to win and build a dynasty. What the Red Sox are doing is what the Yankees used to do a few years back, which is go for it all in, you know, one or two years. And who cares if it destroys our minor league system? Who cares what our team looks like in three years? Let's just go for it all next year. Go for it all two years from now. I know Chris Sale's not old. He's pretty young. But the amount of talent they traded away to get him told me that even if the Red Sox go to the World Series, even if they win the World Series, I think two to three years from now, they're not going to be as good. And it just reminds me too much of those Yankees teams that just had big stars on them and like would occasionally make the playoffs but would never really win a World Series. I feel like Dave Dombrowski is systematically destroying what both Theo Epstein built and then what Ben Charrington tried to continue. Right. You know, and, and that stockpiling of talent uh, is just getting shipped out in one trade after another for, you know, proven big leaguers. And I look at the Kimbrel trade as kind of the canary in the coal mine there to show you what was to come. And I think in the end, the Padres are going to win that trade. I was just speaking yesterday to a buddy in my mind of mine in the Gulls front office. He's a Red Sox fan. And he was like, I love that trade, man. Kimbrel's good. You know, I'm like, yeah, I, I know. And I get it. And when you're Boston, all that really matters is, you know, can Kimbrell throw the ball past, you know, the Yankees, you know, Sanchez with the game on the line uh, to try and win the division next year. Uh, so I get that. I get that. If they get a flag, all of it pays off. But I love this trade for the White Sox. I mean, I love it. And Moncada, you know, coming up, if he becomes a star, then it's a a clear win. Uh, you know, even if he doesn't completely hit, I think, you know, you got Kopech throwing 103. That guy's going to make an impression. And, and it was really four guys all with, uh, you know, a quality pedigree for Chris Sale, who's a really good pitcher and is controllable and throws a crazy awkward delivery. And he's still a left-hander at Fenway. And, and lefties at Fenway are not a historically great match. And now both David Price and Chris Sale you know, face that. And, and yeah, you go, wow, Rick Purcello is the Cy Young winner and he's our number three starter. We're just the best team around. I'm with you, man. They've got a ton of stars. 
If the Red Sox don't win the World Series next year, it's a total failure uh, on their part. And I, I just feel like what Dombrowski's doing five years from now, we could be talking about a completely hollowed out Boston Red Sox team that, that manages to bottom out when you didn't think that, that the way the franchise was built, that it could bottom out ever again, you know, with, yeah. with the infrastructure they had. Yeah, I think, you know, even though Chris Sale is, what, 28, 29, um, I think three years from now, we're going to be talking about how bad the Red Sox are and about how they're going to start tanking to rebuild their farm system. When last year, who was their guy that was hitting, like, almost 400? Something Bradley? Jackie Bradley? Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah, he was he was, like, hitting the crap out of the ball. And I remember everyone just saying, look, this guy is great, and he's one of, like, six or seven really great young guys on their team, but you should see the guys we have in AAA. You should see the guys we have in AA. Like, this is the, the most stocked system in all of baseball is what I was hearing. And now it's pretty obvious that it's not the most stocked system in baseball anymore. They're going for it all. And where where is Dave Dombrowski bet? Where do I know him from? Detroit, Florida. I mean, he's been around, man. He's he's yeah, he's done okay, the tour. So he was he was the the guy who created the Detroit team that won the World Series, right? And went to it, and he traded for Miggy. He always trades for superstars. Yeah, he trades for superstars. He trades prospects for superstars. He traded Maven, right? Yeah. He he trades prospects for superstars, and he tries to win now. Um, and obviously he got this job because he was different from the guys that he was replacing because those guys were trying to build a team that could consistently win year in, year out. Players leave, new players get gets called up, and we have quality throughout, which is the Padres are trying to build. And Dave Dombrowski is doing what, you know, A.J. Preller did his first year with the Padres. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, he is. I mean, he's just doing it on an even grander scale. Because yeah. it's Boston and because they can do things like sign David Price to a seven year contract that the Padres could never do. So they right. can, they can supplement by layering cash on top, which, uh, last note I've got on the whiteboard here, uh, John, again, I think it is fascinating to contrast that here you have the Red Sox doing it that way, doing it, uh, in the way that I describe of as a Michael Bay blockbuster. You know what I mean? explosions, yeah. fury, money, throw it at him. That's how Boston does it. Whereas yeah. the Dodgers under Andrew Friedman are just meticulous and pointed, targeted in the decisions that they make. You know they've got all this money, but who's the biggest signing for the Dodgers? It's Rich Hill. It's a three-year deal. It's like $58 million or something like that. And you go, wow, that's a lot of money for Rich Hill, but it's not anything like the big money that's getting thrown around. It um did did Jansen sign with Miami or is that still up in the no, air? No, it's still up in the air. And and if the Dodgers throw their money, they throw it at the thing they really need, right? Like a guy like a Kenley Jansen or or keeping Kershaw around. You know, right. but, but I think they I, make those yeah, choices. I, when they get put into a position where they have to use their money to get what they absolutely need, they will. And I think they'll end up signing back Kenley Jansen. Once he comes to them and says, here's what, what Miami's final offer is, they'll go, okay, we'll match it and then some because we have infinite resources. But I agree with you. And, and if uh, the Red Sox are Michael Bay, then the Dodgers are Wes Anderson, where everything is meticulous and he's got a huge budget, but 
it's not really in your face. It's all about the details. And for them, it's the details that bring it all together and make for a good team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, as I just continue to refresh Twitter, we were just talking about at least we're not the Nationals. Looks like the Nationals are going to avoid the McCutcheon trap. They are approaching a trade for Adam Eaton from the Chicago White Sox, the on-base, uh, you know, leadoff batting lefty. Now, what's interesting about that is that Eaton turned himself into a great defensive right fielder uh, last year after being a very circumspect center fielder, someone who was questionable, particularly in his center field range. You would assume he'd worth. be playing center for the Nationals. Because Bryce Harper's in right. Yeah, and you're going to put Turner at shortstop this year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, interesting. Certainly interesting. But a way better choice than an aging, overpriced Andrew McCutcheon. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's a that's a good move uh, by Mike Rizzo. That's an that's an interesting one there. Uh, anything else uh, left on your plate, my friend? Um, I don't think so, uh, except to say that if I could put money on the Padres re-signing Adam Rosales and him being one of the three highest paid guys on the payroll next year, I would put all of my money on it. Adam Rosales, Clayton Richard, right? Just yep. got to have Clayton Richard back. Yep. And then are we going to sign three guys out of independent tryouts? Well, we have a PA tryouts type deal where people are coming off the street to pitch an inning at a time in the first three homestands of the you regular know what I'd season. Rather? I'd, I'd rather be Clayton Richard and four knuckleballers. And and just because, you know, every so often, basically a good knuckleballer is great half the time and terrible half the time. So you get four of them in there, and you're, you're kind of guaranteed to get two and a half good starts every time through. There aren't four good knuckleballers. Whatever. <laughs> There's Ari Dickey. That's it. <laughs> I'm almost positive if you asked Bethancourt if he could throw a knuckleball, he would say yes. What about Bethancourt? I forgot. We're going to start him every third day. He could throw a knuckleball, you bet. And we're going to put him at in left field all the days that he doesn't pitch. Yeah, he'll be the new Babe Ruth. We have tried to make the Padres great again, and instead we have realized that our lot is to count up 100-plus losses and to sit in the corner and snark at teams that make big money decisions that are going to backfire on them. That is our lot. But one day, one day, friends, out of this, these Padres... They're going to be great. This week's show is brought to you by SportsBettingDime.com, your source for the latest odds, betting trends, matchup analysis, and advice. SportsBettingDime.com provides the coverage fans need to bet with confidence every time. Follow along for breaking news and explore tools that make it easy to find the biggest money makers and best odds. Their future trackers cover every major league and more, so you always know who has the best shot at the title. Whenever you want to get in the game, SportsBettingDime.com has the action covered from every angle. Check it out at SportsBettingDime.com. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> 
Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.